Suns versus Jazz. Pre-game tonight at 6 on the home of the Suns. Arizona Sports 98.7 and the Arizona Sports app. All right, 3 o'clock hour on the Burns and Gambo Show. First and foremost, kudos to DJ Lauren. She's spinning good tunes today. Bravo. Well done. Secondly, kudos to Gambo because he... Killed it in the NBA trade deadline today. It was a busy day, and uh, you were the first to report of the four players going out from the Phoenix Suns today. Uh, we saw Royce O'Neal coming in. We saw David Roddy coming in, trying to figure out how it was going to work, and your tweet was like, oh, wow, look at that. They took all those four players and yeah. just kind of scooped them yeah. up and scooped them out and moved on, and there you go. Yeah, I think I'm really happy with, uh, with, with, with the job we've done on just – you know, dispelling all the rumors that were out there on players that were linked to the Suns over the last couple of weeks. And, you know, we focused a lot on Royce O'Neal from two weeks ago when, when it first was mentioned, I think, by by uh, Bobby Marks. Bobby Marks. Yeah, Royce by Bobby Marks. Royce yeah, O'Neal. It, it, yeah, and, by Bobby. And, and, and Bobby, said, yes, it's true. This is the guy they want. Yeah. And remember with Bobby, he was never reporting that Royce O'Neal was going to be the guy. He was just kind of suggesting, hey, fit. I, I think he'd be a good fit. Yeah. I think he'd be the kind of guy you could target, that you could acquire, who would be gettable. And ever since then, that name, that name in Miles Bridges yeah. has kind of been at the forefront of our brain. Okay, yesterday we were talking about what the Suns have done and what they did today. Kata Bates, Diop, Utah Watanabe, Jordan Goodwood, Chemezi Metsu gone, Royce O'Neal, David Roddy in. Yesterday when we talked about this, we said, one of the top things the Phoenix Suns, the top thing the Suns are going to have to do with this deadline is find a player who will play come the playoffs, who will get playoff minutes, who will be a part of your rotation. Royce O'Neal checks that box. He's. I, I looked up his numbers from the last few years. He last, does. Last year in the postseason, he averaged 30 minutes per game for the Brooklyn Nets. The year before that, for the Utah Jazz, he averaged 31 minutes per game. The year before that, he averaged 37 minutes per because game. Because he's a reliable guy you can count on. He's reliable. Again with him, he doesn't need the ball. He's not a high-usage guy. He can play without the ball for a lot of the game. When he does shoot, he's a good shooter. He's not a great shooter, but he's competent. What people will like about him is just his reliability. He doesn't jack up bad shots. He's not going to waste possessions for you. He's a very smart defensive player. Can really guard some of the bigger guys. He's not good at the speed guys, which the biggest weakness the Suns have really is that they they don't guys that can dribble with speed. They they could go by them. But you're gonna like Royce O'Neal. And and what you're saying right there is he was trusted in the playoffs. He, he in the last four postseasons, 20, 21, 22, and twenty three, he played twenty eight playoff games. And I'm just spitballing here. Probably averaged about thirty two minutes per game in those games. Yeah. So he's he's Reliable. a guy. He's a guy. He, yeah. is, he is going to be in your playoff rotation. All right, so let's look at this. And that's what we said yesterday. Yeah, they were not going to trade for a guy unless he was a playoff rotation guy. Yep, they okay. got him. Booker, Beal, KD, Nurk, Allen. Okay, and then Eric Gordon is your six. Gordon is your six. Royce O'Neal is your seven. Royce O'Neal is your seven. I think Eubanks is your eight. Okay, that's eight. You got to have a backup big. Then it's eight. Then nine becomes a Kogi, Bowl, or Roddy. And it may very well depend on what you need. But your nine becomes, now you could play eight in the playoffs, but you'll probably play nine. Um, your nine now becomes Bowl, a Kogi, 
or Roddy. You'll give Roddy a look here to see. Like I said, you know, don't don't sneeze on this guy. He plays a lot bigger than his 6'5 size because how thick he is. He could guard a lot of the bigger guys. Mm-hmm. Bowl has been playing great. Akogi has done a nice, did a nice job on that road trip. Um, so I think you got three guys battling for that ninth spot. And that's and it's funny you read my mind. That's kind of where I'm going with this is is I, I do agree with you. Six, seven, and eight are known. And I it, look, it's an upgrade. It's an upgrade. It, it might be on the fringes, but it's an upgrade. Right? There's there's six, seven, eight just got better today by adding Royce O'Neal and subtracting whomever else from that mess, right? It's, I mean, it's just not debatable. They, they They're better. just got better yeah. in their 6, 7, and 8 when it comes to off their bench. I think you're right. I think it's very matchup dependent on terms of who is the ninth guy. I think that Josh Akogi really is going to be looking over his shoulder these next few games and really over these last 30 games is going to have to really work to show that he belongs and he deserves playoff minutes because he's a guy we know his strengths, we know his weaknesses, we know he's really good at, we know what he's really inconsistent at. If he's going to be trusted with playoff minutes, he has to hit shots. And if he's not hitting shots, he's not in your playoff rotation. He's- like he did on the road trip when he actually, you know, two for two. Um, you go look at the game, two for two against Washington, four for six against Brooklyn, four for five against Miami. Okay. All right, you got my you got my attention. You you knock down four to five, four to six shots. It's going to be hard for them not to play you. Yeah, it, it is. And for Royce O'Neal, you mentioned all the good things he does. He's trustworthy. He's reliable. Kellen Olson points out he's a really good passer. He's not a point guard by any stretch. He's a wing player. But Kellen had mentioned that maybe even during some of those non Devin Booker minutes, which we've talked so much about, how they struggle when Devin Booker's not on the floor because there's not a lot of flow to the offense. Bradley Beal's still going to be the main guy for that, obviously. But if he really is a good connector and a good passer and somebody who doesn't require a lot of volume and a lot of shots, he's a guy that I could very easily see helping to facilitate some of the offense in those moments when Devin Booker's not out there. Now, during the playoffs, that's probably not that relevant. Devin Booker's going to play 42 minutes minutes a game. Mm -hmm. Kevin Durant's going to play 42 minutes a game. Devin Booker's going to handle... There aren't going to be a whole lot of non-Devin Booker minutes come playoff time, right? a minute and a half, get a breather, get right back in there. But even in those moments, to have somebody who can help move the ball around and make sure, and the space, and to hit shots and things like that. Now, one thing I will say about Royce O'Neal, his last two playoffs, I was just looking through his numbers a second ago, he has struggled from distance in his last two postseasons. And that's one of those, you know, he was really, really good two years ago, three years ago. But that's something that is going to, Dictate a lot of his minutes that he gets in the postseason, hitting threes when he's out there. That's going to be vital for him to stay on the The difference is the team he's playing on now, I've never seen a team get more wide-open three-pointers than the Phoenix Suns of this year. And he's going to get looks. He's going to get so many looks. I mean, Grayson Allen and Eric Gordon have never shot that many wide-open three-pointers in their career because of how good Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, and Devin Booker are. He is going to get so many wide-open looks on this team. And and look, he's shooting 37%. From the floor, from the three point line this season in the regular season, but in the postseason, 
from those last two years, that number is going to have to go up. And make no mistake, the Phoenix Suns made themselves a better basketball team today. There's no doubt. Listen for your name today, coming up at 420 this afternoon here on Burns and Gimbo. Why? Because you could qualify for a trip to two, for two, to go witness the Cardinals make their historic fourth pick in the NFL draft in Detroit. Once you hear your name at 420, call in, seize the moment. And if you haven't registered yet, seize the moment. Text the word draft to 620-620. You might hear your name at 420 this afternoon. Again, text draft to 620-620. Do not miss out on Arizona Sports Destination Detroit. And it's brought to you by Bud Light. Despite the front office keeping busy helping change up the roster, the Suns also have a game tonight. And there's a key injury update we need to pass along. And we'll do so next here on the Burns and Gambo Show. It's Jarrett, and when you say Super Bowl, usually I'll say, I'll have the soup. But tomorrow, we're talking about all the storylines in the big game. Tune in at 6 a.m. on Arizona Sports to Bickley and Murata Mornings. Speaking out of the audience, the Burns and Gambo shows are just me, or every time you hear one of those and he says, it's Jarrett Carlin, you kind of hold your breath because you're not quite sure what's next, right? Like, when Dan does his, I know it's coming. When Luke does his, I know it's coming. Hey, it's Jared Carlin, and coming up on tomorrow's morning show. I'm going to pick my nose live in front of everybody. <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but yeah, but that's the thing. He could say that. Baby. I'm going to show everybody how much lice I have in my hair. Oh, God, gross. Ew. Hmm. He, I'm, he's. I'm going to shave my chest in front of everybody. He would never do that. Uh, I was going to say you got to say realistic examples, Gambo. Yeah. He would never. I'm sure Jared's grooming habits are just fine, but shave his chest? No, he would never. He would never ever do that. Anyway, just an observation from the uh, the flight deck here on the Burns and Gambo show. Because every time I hear Jared's voice on those looking heads, I think, Oh God, what's he going to say? What's he going to do? What's it going to be? This one was rather tame, I must say. For the most part, it was. Yeah, there was no chest shaving. There was no lice. There was no anything like that. So in the midst of all this this uh, craziness with the trade deadline today, yeah. Phoenix Suns have a game tonight, taking on the Utah taking Jazz. Taking on the Utah Jazz. Yeah. Playing yeah. a Jazz team that has made some moves themselves, obviously. One they made yesterday, Simone Fontecchio, a guy that we were talking about with the Phoenix Suns. Uh, he got moved out yesterday to the Detroit Pistons. Then the Utah Jazz got involved with a deal with the Raptors, sending Kelly, Kelly Olnick. Olnick out. and getting- Suns did not like him. They didn't like Kelly Olnick? Nah, there was somebody that tied Kelly Olnick to the Suns, but that it didn't work out. They didn't. They were not interested. I don't remember who that was, but mm. I vaguely remember something like that happening. There's. It, so do they have any players left? <laughs> I mean, they're going to yes. bring Adrian Dantley back? No, no they, they've. They Thurl still, Bailey. They have Laurie Markman, and they have, oh, still Jordan, have him, yeah. Jordan Clarkson, and John Collins. I was going to say, they still have all their best players. Colin Sexton and Keontae George, and mm. yeah, they, they still have. They they are a, I was looking at them today, haven't thought much about the Utah Jazz in a while. Man, they're, an, they're a funny team to look at because they have been so streaky. So streaky. Didn't they go on a crazy, was it like a... Was it a 14-game win streak or something crazy like that? They won, I think it was like 14 of 16 games. Okay. I'm, I'm looking through my notes right now just to just to tell everybody kind of what I'm talking about, how crazy it's been. They have been absolutely all over the place in terms of these win streaks, and I can't find it right now. But it was, yeah, they their last two wins were against the Bucks and the Thunder. 
But yes. before that, they lost six of eight. But before that, they won twelve of fourteen or fourteen okay. of yes. sixteen or they something. They played really, really I mean, well. They're just ride. And I think if the season ends right now, they're a playoff team. They're the 10th seed in the Western Conference. They're playing in the play-in tournament, and the Warriors are not. The Rockets are not. The Grizzlies are not. The Jazz are in if the season ends right now. And they traded two of their guys that were rotation pieces. And that's what's going to make tonight's game weird, is that both of these teams' benches have been hurt. By the trade deadline. They've been thinned out a little bit. Who knows when the reinforcements are coming, right? And so for both so of these teams. a lot of teams, bowl, bowl tonight. Could be. Could be a lot of bowl, bowl. Could be a lot of Nasir Little. You know? Could, yeah. Could be a lot of, you yeah. know. I'm Naz. I get my, it's my chance right here. They didn't trade me. Especially with the news that Devin Booker is questionable for tonight's game with left hip soreness. And that Bradley Beal is questionable tonight, I think, with an ankle, right? Was it Beal with an ankle? So Beal with an ankle, Booker with his hip are both questionable for tonight's game. So it could be, depending on how that goes, one of those nights where you see an unusual rotation, strange minutes, different guys off the bench that you're not expecting. It could be like that for both teams. You know, we'll see. Sure, yeah. No, the Jazz are an interesting team because, look, they're trading these guys because they don't have a championship caliber team. So if they could add assets and picks and things like that, uh, you know, look, Danny Ainge is is in charge over there, okay? <laughs> He's all about getting as many picks as he can and, and being in control of drafts. I mean, look at the, the Rudy Gobert trade, for goodness sakes, the Donovan Mitchell trade. So, you know, they're going to build a championship contender eventually, but if they, if they don't feel like they're a top team in the West right now, now, they're not going to go all in for the sake of being the ninth or 10th seed. They're going to trade their guys and get more assets. But honestly, their ability to compete and to be relevant while going through all this, right, has been remarkable. And a lot of it, if we're just being honest about it, is because of Laurie Markkinen. He is he has really blossomed with the Utah Jazz, right? He like has. Especially the last couple of years, he has really developed into, I mean, he's shooting nearly 41% from three. He's averaging 24 points per game, nearly nine rebounds per game, two assists. He, he's he's turned into a fantastic player that even Frank Vogel was talking yesterday about how well the Jazz are playing and how tough it is to prepare for Laurie Mark. Yeah, they're playing great basketball. I mean, they're 19-11 in the last third games and uh, in the last 10, one of the best offenses in the, in the NBA. Uh, made some adjustments. And, uh, they've beaten some really quality opponents. Look at the list of the teams that they beat. She got right here: Dallas, Philly, Milwaukee twice, Denver, the Lakers, um, Pacers, and OKC. Uh, so some real quality wins in, in that stretch, and, uh, and obviously about to play a great game to be. That's a testament to the to the the lineup that Danny has built, all while trying to kind of rebuild at the same time. So the year the year before they got him, they 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 had watched him play for Finland, and there was something that really stood out about Markin. It was like, okay, he's misplaced in Chicago. Like he was in Chicago for a while, and it didn't really you know work out there. Um, and then he was with the he got picked up by the Cavs in a trade. And then the Jazz decided to trade for him. So the Jazz traded for him. And a lot of the reasons the Jazz traded for him was like what he did for Finland. They really liked when he was on, I think it was the senior national team. And he was playing for Finland and he just played so well. And okay, like he's really good. And he has, he's a former U of A guy uh, that's in the league. He was a former U of A player. And uh, the Jazz love him. And even though he's like his name came up in trade talks, like they weren't 
trading Larry Mark, and they're trying to build around that guy. Yeah, as for the Suns, we'll see about the injured players. Obviously, Keita Bates, the up, Yuta Watanabe, Jordan Goodwin, Shemezi Metsu, not available. They've been traded today. They're not going to be on the roster. So the Suns might be, a, this might be a big Bull Bull game. This might be a big Josh Akogi game, a Nasir Little game, potentially, because David Roddy and Royce O'Neal, the newcomers, aren't going to be available. And I, and I also think you're going to, Here's why it could be a heavy night for those bench guys. I, I don't think you're going to want to give heavy, heavy minutes to Devin Booker and Bradley Beal, especially if they're both showing up on an injury list. Or even Kevin Durant, who's not on an injury list. You're still going to want to play your bench guy and not feel like you have to play Devin Booker 40 minutes on a Thursday night against the Utah Jazz. If his hip's hurting him. Yeah, especially if his hip's hurting him, right? Yeah. So you, it could be one of those weird nights where you do see a lot of backups that you're just not used to seeing because all those guys just got traded and you might have to dig a little deeper. It could be a very heavy bowl bowl night. It could be a heavy Josh Akogi night for the Suns. I could yeah. see that. Fans are going to go crazy if bowl bowl gets like 25-plus minutes in the game. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, possibly. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show here on Arizona, that game starts at 7 o'clock, by the way, from Footprint Center. Of course, you'll hear it here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. When we come back, going to open up the phones. We want to hear from you. We're getting text messages on the FanDuel text line. We'll read a couple of those as well. The deadline deal made by the Phoenix Suns today, a biggie, cobbling up spare parts and turning it into Royce O'Neal and David Roddy. How much better are the Phoenix Suns today than they were yesterday? That's one of the questions we want to know. We want to hear from you. Open phones is next. 602-260-9870 is the telephone number. We're going to talk to you next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Burns and Gambo. Open phones. 602 602- 260 9870. Let me hit it. Royce O'Neill in. David Roddy in. Kata Bates D up. Utah Watanabe. Jordan Goodwin. Shemezi Metu. Some second round picks. A trade exception. Out. That is your Cliff Notes version of what happened today with the trade deadline for the Phoenix Suns. Now, I'll tell you that nothing has been officially announced Paperwork. by the Phoenix Suns. Paperwork. Just paperwork. Paperwork. I did hear there was, some, and I've said this, there was a hang-up in the paperwork. Okay. Um, there was the definitely a hang-up in the paperwork. Or something, or? Yeah, the fax machines. Busted. They have till 3 to get the paperwork in, so I they did. Three. It's 3.30. So, uh, did they not get the paperwork in? they filed the paperwork, and they got this deal I'm done. Check with my paperwork guy. I'm going to check with my paperwork you, guy oh, right you, now. You have a paperwork guy? It doesn't yeah. surprise me at all. All right, open phones right now. We're getting your reaction to what the Suns did today with the trade deadline having come and gone, and we're going to start with Cody in Maricopa. He is first up, and he joins us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Cody, welcome to the show, man. How are we doing today? We're doing great. How are you guys doing today? Good. Good. You're staying dry out there. Trying, but yeah, it won't stop raining. But um, So yeah, I, I, I love what the Suns did. Um, I love the fact that the NBA this year was falling in love with second-round picks, so the Suns had plenty of those. So I'm, I'm happy with Royce O'Neal. You know, being traded, that was a good good piece throughout the uh, few weeks of the trade trade deadline coming in. Uh, that was an awesome piece. I was happy not to get Miles Bridges, you know, based off the, you know, off-court stuff. I really didn't want him. I thought Royce O'Neal would be perfect. He's going to be perfect. To me, I think on the cake, too, is Roddy coming in. He's not, you know, the best scorer, but he can score, and he's very, very physical, which the Suns do need help on. He can possibly help the rebounding uh, situation. So, overall, I thought it was, I thought it was great, great trade deadline for the Suns. Did you want to address the Miles Bridges situation, by the way? Because we haven't really talked about that.
that yet. Yeah, I think we could do it. I, I don't want to do it during the Nicola segment because it'll probably take some time. Okay. Um, I, I, I thought maybe you just, if you had 20 seconds yeah, to say okay, something 20 about seconds, it. I'll give you 20 seconds on it. It was very unlikely to happen. It was very, very unlikely. It was very unrealistic. It was very, uh, it, it, the people that were reporting that it was done and it was finished and they had, that was irresponsible because it was never true. They were never close to getting Miles Bridges. Uh, they just, it wasn't, wasn't going to happen. We said it was a long shot right from the get-go. Josh and Mace is next up here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Hi, Josh. What's on your mind? Hey, guys. How you doing? Good. Good. Well, happy rainy Thursday. I see sunshine. I, I, I like the trade. Okay. Tell me why. Okay. Well, first of all, I coach high school basketball. I've been coaching high school basketball for 15 years here in the Valley. And so when I watch ball games, I don't just watch players dunk, shoot, everything else. I watch, I watch Vogel. And what I've been watching the last 20 games, even from the very beginning of the year, is the frustration. I know how it feels when your team doesn't play defense. And if these guys could play defense, that's what I would want. Even this last game you know, against the Bucks, you know, they called a couple timeouts. I could see it in his eyes. He might not show the special, but I know how he feels. When you want to just close the, close the door and just get that win, you got to play some defense. If these guys could do it and help out the other guys to put up pressure from the starters, that would help. Royce O'Neal, you would think, would help in that regard and would certainly improve things in that regard. It's He's being asked to do what all those other wing guys that they traded out today couldn't do, and that's make a positive contribution. Hit open shots because you're going to get them, but also defend some of the premier players that you're going to have to defend out there on the wing. Royce O'Neal would seem as if he is an upgrade in that regard. Let's go to Eli in Sun City next up here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Eli, your reaction to the trade deadline moves by the Suns today. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Love the show. Um, I like the trade. I don't know much about these two guys. I've been listening to what you guys have been saying about it, so i um, happy that it's, uh, it's in the plus category and a positive for the Suns. I'm glad we didn't get Miles. And um, it was kind of sad to see uh, Metu go. I think he's going to develop into a really, really nice player. Um, I'll take your thoughts and comments off the air. Thanks, guys. I think Metu had some promise. I, I agree with you. He he did some nice things with his limited uh, opportunities on the court. Um, look, Miles Bridges, again, he was a guy that they liked. They had some interest in, but they never got close to acquiring him. It just was never going to happen. And we told you from the get-go it wasn't going to happen. So I didn't want to say rule it out completely because it was about a 1% chance, but it was so, so unlikely that it was ever going to go down. And the Suns quickly pivoted and looked at other guys for the last couple of weeks. Two of those players, Kata Bates, D-Up, and, and Goodwin, I thought for sure were going to work out for the Suns. You, you think Goodwin thought, and Kata Bates, D-Up? Those are the two okay. I thought for sure were going to work out for the Suns. I thought Bates, D-Up, and Watanabe. <laughs> okay, okay. I, Watanabe, I, I thought he was going to kill it Corner from threes, he shoots like 52% from corner threes, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, no. no. Yeah. He, he, he got unplayable in a big hurry. Yep. Uh, let's go to Robert in Apache Junction. He's next up on the Burns and Gambo show. Robert, take your reaction to the trade deadline what you got for us today yeah hey i'm driving in traffic so i gotta be careful but uh i like nurkic he's starting to be kind of an enforcer now which they need on defense and in the paint and with bowl how can you not like a guy named bowl i tell you what in the gallery or stands when he plays, everybody's going, ah, oh, what's he going to do with the ball next? <laughs> it's fantastic. And with uh, Roddy and O'Neal, they might not be top-line, you know, front-line stars, but they're only going to add. What say you? I'll say this about Bobo. Like, the top eight seems pretty set. 
okay, in terms of the playoff rotation. That battle to see who is going to be number nine, Bol Bol is going to have about 31 games to continue to show that he belongs. You know, that now he hasn't completely proven himself yet. He's not a finished product. If you're going to tell me who is your top eight going into a playoff series, I think Gordon is six, O'Neal is seven, and Eubanks is eight. Bobo's got an opportunity over the next 31 games to show that he belongs in there, that he has a spot. I, I He's done great. I don't want to minimize what he's done, but enough to say he should be one of their top guys in a playoff rotation. More to that's do. that's more what the do. next 30 games are going to be for him. I don't know if you disagree with that, but more, I think he's got more work to do. I, I don't disagree. More work to do. I mean, he, what his, his action has been so limited, but man, he's been so good in that time. It wouldn't be a color segment if we didn't go out of the state to talk to somebody. Seems like it happens every single time. Nick is joining us from Salt Lake City, Utah. Hopefully not a jazz fan. Mm. Nick, welcome to the show. I love the uh, the uh, the O'Neal trade. He's basically a consistent Jay Crowder. Ooh. Yeah, he's reliable. I've said Ooh, I love he's a very that. reliable player. Yeah. They, yeah. they liked they, they, like, they loved him in Utah, right, when he was there? Yeah. Loved, yeah, like loved him in you. Like he's a great team, like he's a team guy, and also he's also great with fans. I will say that he wears hoodies a lot, and he pulls those strings so tight that he can only see his nose and his eyes. But um, he's like Jay Crowder was streaky. Like, you know, he was a lot of times throwing spaghetti on a wall. Uh, uh, O'Neal won't take shots unless he's forty, sixty percent sure he can make it. Interesting. Especially the analysis about the hoodie. Yeah, the hoodie. Always good to know about the hoodies. He's a very, listen, this is what I say why he's reliable. He's not going to jack up shots that, he's not going to jack up bad shots. He's a smart guy. He's he's a he's a good shooter, not a great shooter. I really like the addition for the defense that it brings as well. Boy, I, I'm going to be watching him closely to see if he is what Nick said he was. A more consistent shooting version of Jay Crowder. Because Jay would take bad shots. Because if that's the case... Sign me up. The hoodie thing, I don't know. I don't have a comment about that. <laughs> Dave and Phoenix, our last call of the day here on the Burns, at least for this segment. Dave, welcome to the show, man. What's on your mind about the trade deadline? Hey, thanks, guys. Yeah, I mean, I like the, Rose, the Royce O'Neal trade. Um, I guess my question would be, is he going to start over Allen? Because I think Allen would be great off the bench. Um, and that's why, you know, I'm a little disappointed about Miles Bridges. I know you were saying that that wasn't an option. But, yeah, I mean, you know, hearing everything, hearing the noise uh, regarding it, I mean, I'm disappointed that we didn't get him because I think he would he would have been the perfect uh, fifth starter. We needed more size down low. Um, I just think, uh, I think he would have been, been great for us. I don't think you could have Allen come off the bench with Eric Gordon because I think they're very much similar players. There's a lot of redundancy there, yeah. So I, I don't see that happening. Um, it's, and, and listen, to be honest with you, it, it's, a lot of this in the playoffs is going to matter who finishes games, not who starts games. Yeah. Yeah. And, and in that regard, if, like, let's say you go with a small ball lineup, all right, you might be better off swapping O'Neal in and one of Allen or Gordon out, depending on what's going on. You know, like if you're going to go with that, what are you, it's not the death lineup, but you need Kevin Durant at the five. Yeah. You might be better off now rolling that lineup out there 
with a better defender in O'Neal, who's also just as likely to hit three-point shots as Allen or or Gordon would be, yeah. right? Like, you, you, you might change that a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't think he'll hit the three like those guys do, but better defensively for sure. All right, listen for your name coming up today at 420 in the afternoon. It's your chance to qualify, win a trip for two to go see the NFL draft, the Cardinals with the fourth pick. The draft is going on in Detroit, so when you hear your name at 420, call in, and if you haven't registered yet, text the word draft to 620-620 and get registered. Don't miss out. It's Arizona Sports Destination Detroit, and it's brought to you by Bud Light. Spring training. It starts next week. And the coach and the ace of the National League champs had some thoughts on the team's offseason. I'll tell you what they had to say next on the Burns and Gambo Show. ASU men's basketball on the road at Colorado. Pre-game coverage tonight at 5.30 on ESPN 620 and the Arizona Sports app. Welcome back to the Burns and Gambo Show. Ooh, I liked it better when your mic was off and you weren't singing. Why do you insist on ruining good songs? Why do you insist on it? This is a great song. I know, I picked it. You make it worse. I love this song. Great, good for you. Keep it to yourself. Don't sing. Alright, crank it up a little, Lauren. Appreciate you not singing. You're so happy. I swear to God, he's like a 10 year old, isn't he? Come on, the rising wind. Isn't he? He's like a little 10 year old. Going up around the bay. If you're watching right now on our YouTube channel, I'm doing my gamble impersonation. You can Did I surprise you with this one? No. This is a good song. I love this song. This is a good song. Little CCR. This is my top 10 favorite all time. Wow. Okay. This is a top 10 Gambo favorite song. Good to know. Good to know. Uh, switching gears for a moment. So you got the WM Phoenix Open going on this weekend. Rain. They're going to restart the event coming up in like 13 minutes or so. Obviously, it's been a mess out there. Yesterday, it was the Celebrity Pro-Am. And Tori Lovello, I read today, he got four holes in. And then they, the rain canceled it and called it or whatever. So Tori, instead of playing golf got to meet with the media yay and had a few questions that he had to answer about the offseason and as you would expect the manager of the national league champion arizona diamondbacks loved how the offseason went why wouldn't offseason's going great we made some key additions um, along the way front office did a great job with that and you know the next steps are for us to put the wheels in motion we got to make good things happen and uh, take care of business and that's what we intend to do starting next week spring training starts next week and uh, there's no time to mess around. We got to we got to get grounded, make good things happen, and work hard. This is a one on one, by the way, with our Tyler Drake, who was out there. Um, he was asked if spring training has arrived faster than he thought. I'm sure, um, I blinked my eyes, and it was November 28th or whatever, you know, whenever Thanksgiving was this past year. So it happened quick. Um, we made some adjustments. I think as a staff, as an organization, we made some good decisions to make sure our players would be ready to go, and that starts on uh, this week. So yeah, it was very quick. Uh, we got the rest. And, and the recycle uh, mindset that we needed to to get, get grounded, we'll be ready to go. And one more on the front office and the work they did this offseason. That the world to me. Um, and I know how much winning means to them, and I know how much winning means to ownership, too. So we made some good baseball decisions. Um, we went a little, a little bit deeper into the payroll, which I, I appreciate very much. And those are decisions that I'm not a part of, but I welcome the additions that we have. We should be a very good baseball team this year. I love the additions they have. 
I love the additions they made. I think they checked a lot of boxes that needed to be checked. The two most important ones, of course, with third base and starting pitcher. Those two were big. Getting a full-time DH, it's almost like, well, you know, somebody had to convince Mike Hayes that it's time. It's time. You got to roll with the roll with the changes. Let's go. I think the postseason last year was enough to convince Mike Hayes and to know what he needed to do. Yeah. They needed a little more thump in that lineup. I think yep. he saw that. Yeah. So he was able to uh, he was able to do that and uh, I was big. I mean, getting you know, getting that DH to me was a big deal. But obviously, the third baseman and the starting pitcher were huge. There was a couple of other quotes from a separate interview that Tory did that caught my attention too on AZ Central. With spring training starting next week, Lavello indicated that with the addition of Eduardo Rodriguez, a Eugenio Suarez, Jock Peterson, re-signing Lourdes Gurriel Jr., there aren't a ton of decisions that need to be made. I was looking at a story today. I didn't send it to you because I knew today was the trade deadline and we wouldn't have a lot of time to talk about it. Kind of profiling some of the camp battles for the Diamondbacks. There are none. There aren't any. The it big, was, it the, was like backup shortstop right. was the big camp battle. And, <laughs> right. And, and right. Tori even said, quote, I think there's probably less decisions that need to be made, but there's still a lot of work to be done, close quote. And what he meant by that was... Not letting guys get comfortable, even though they went to the World Series last year. Yeah. Finding a way to manufacture some sort of edge so that guys don't come in all fat and happy on what they did a year ago. You know what Sparky Anderson used to do when he had the big red machine? He'd freaking call out Johnny Bench. <laughs> because, and he'd say, if I, hey, if they see me getting on Johnny Bench's ass, they know. That if they can do that to Bench, you can do that to anybody. So maybe that's what Lavello's got to do. Just rip into Corbin Carroll right away. You're not hustling enough. <laughs> you should have had that. Yeah. That base has to be stolen. Uh, I'll, t- I'll take the least likely thing Tory is going to do for 300, Alex. A- Tory missed the sign, Corbin. Tory barely lights in the guys when things are going bad. You think he's going to lighten the guys when things are going well and people aren't going to realize what a fraud he is for doing that? It's it's going to be, I don't know if it's going to be tough, though. I, it's it's going to be different. But he said, look, quote, it's going to be exciting and we have our challenges and we're ready to embrace those challenges and get to work. I think we're at risk of a couple of things assuming that it's just going to happen automatically. So I'm going to make sure that the guys get up on edge and are ready to perform as we do every spring training. That's going to be the main objective over the next six weeks, close quote. Now I'm going to highlight that quote because for me as we do shows out at spring training and as we talk about Diamondbacks baseball, I'm going to remember that Tori Lovello said that. I think we're at risk of a couple of things assuming that it's just going to happen automatically close quote. Now, maybe he does light into Corbin Carroll. Maybe he does go all Sparky Anderson. Maybe he does something to keep the guys on the edge. But that's going to be in an offseason, which gave him everything he could have ever wanted. Yeah. With a lineup that requires basically no decisions. I mean, it's pretty much you know, just add water, press and play, ready to go. Tory's going to have to find a way to make sure everybody in that room understands that you can't kick back. You can't rest. You can't. I saw a, a projection today. You know, we were talking about the betting odds and where the over-under is for wins on the Diamondbacks. Yes. There was a very respectable baseball website who basically said the same thing. 84 and a half wins for the Arizona Diamondbacks this year. I, okay. I mean, winning, I, I don't think they're winning 95 to 100 games. But you're going to have to use stuff 
like that if you're Tory. Nobody believes in us. Yeah. They, I, everybody I, thinks to, we're basically a 500 team. Everybody thinks we're basically the same that we were a year ago. Everybody thinks we haven't, you know, we've improved, but everybody thinks the Dodgers are just going to mop the floor with us. Everybody thinks that we're, you know, we're, we're destined to be the same team we were a year ago, okay. a team that barely gets in. He's going to have to find something to make sure they don't get fat and happy on the farm, pardon the expression from Monty Williams, but he's going to have to work towards that a little bit, so I think. I look at Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly and Corbin Carroll and Gabby Moreno and Cattell Marte and Perdermo and Alex Thomas. And I just don't know if I see a bunch of guys that are going to be content with having made it to the World Series last year. I hope you're right. I hope I you're right. That, I, 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 I just don't know that I see that. I don't think so either, but human nature is really tricky. You know? Human nature and just sort of that, that oh, yeah, we're good. We've arrived. We're there. Mentality? It's You never know who that's going to bite. You know? You never know who's immune to something like that. I tend to agree with you, but you just never know until you know. Right. And if they get off to a slow start, you better believe that's going to be one of the first narratives that we start talking about. You better believe it. If they get off to a whole hum so so start, that's going to be one of the first things Wonder we talk Tory's about. Wonder going to have one of those speeches. A disconnected team is a. <laughs> He's just going to put on the loop. Just his, instead of a connected team speed. is dangerous. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What's the opposite of dangerous? Uh, 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 passive. Um, uh, a disconnected team is a passive team. Safe. Safe. Yeah. Right. The the opposite of. Does that make sense, though? A disconnected team is a safe team? Uh, well, it's... It, I don't know. We'll think about it another time. It's way above my pay grade. <laughs> I go with this stuff. <laughs> At least you admit it. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show, it's 4 o'clock. We're going to get you caught up on everything going on in sports. It has been, as you would expect, a very busy day. What's going on in sports? Stay tuned. The 4 o'clock resets next on the Burns and Gambo show.